0: Welcome to the Grand Rising Podcast, where emotional sovereignty meets empowerment. Join hosts Katrina and Liz as we embark on a beautiful journey of transmuting emotion to create our world through the lenses of astrology, human design, and divine feminine empowerment. In each episode, we delve into emotional growth even during the most challenging of times by offering insights, tools, and wisdom to help you not only manage but thrive on your emotional journey. Subscribe today for celestial insights, heartfelt conversations, humor, and a cosmic dose of wisdom to elevate your emotional intelligence and transform your world. grand rising and welcome back to the grand rising podcast my name is liz and i'm here with my dear friend and co-host katrina
1: and we are here today to talk about pisces the sign of pisces Uh, so pisces is a mutable water sign um and it usually is the ruler of the 12th house in astrology which is uh the house of kind of hidden things dreams uh what else is it?
2: It's like the subconscious. I like to refer to the 12th house as the hero's journey. Okay. It's, it's it's where you can learn what you need to overcome subconsciously in order to succeed and thrive. Hmm. You're hidden like where you self-sabotage, things like that.
1: Okay. That makes sense. <clears throat> so um, we're going to kind of dive in. Uh, so it's. It definitely knows, um, you know, change is coming and, and we've had Saturn here sitting in in Pisces for a while and we're getting ready to roll into Pisces season. So all of the personal planets, the sun and uh, Mars and Venus will be rolling through uh, Pisces here soon in traditional astrology. uh, Pisces is ruled by Jupiter and in modern astrology, it is ruled by Neptune. So, What do you think about um, the change in rulership, and
2: why do you think that happened? I think you know all signs have a duality, Mm -hmm. and with Pisces, I think of like Jupiter as the ruler reminds me more of like the Buddhist monk. Okay, Um, and then Jupiter also rules Sagittarius, which is more like the religious brimstone and hellfire, you know, preacher. Mm-hmm. Um but Pisces is the sign that they say is the closest to the divine.
0: Mm.
2: And so Jupiter makes sense as the ruler because Pisces is about the divine, right? And Jupiter is our moral structure, uh, which is typically what you want to go for is the flow state, right? Mm-hmm. But Neptune also makes sense as a modern ruler, um, in that we're learning which beliefs are we have to sort through the moral structure, which beliefs are delusion, you know, which ones make more sense. Like Neptune there can be some confusion in Pisces, right? Right. Um, no boundaries, no clarity. And so that's where Neptune kind of comes in as the ruler, um, because as we're navigating Jupiter, the moral structure, there is some confusion that we run into. What beliefs do we hold on to? What beliefs do we let go? Who's right? Who's wrong? When it comes to beliefs about the divine.
1: Well, I think, you know, being that we're still in the age of Pisces, uh, you know, we've seen... Now we're kind of seeing a lot of delusions be unearthed and things be brought to light as we're nearing the end of this age. Um, And so that's so true. Um, You know, Pisces also rules things like um, hospitals and um, jail and, you know, mental health. Uh, So it's a very deep, deep sign. Um, I was talking to Isaac about it last night and we were talking about how aquarius is is like where you finally individuate where you're you know you got your you got your pink hair and your 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 tattoos and your piercings and you're just whatever you want to be to make yourself an individual like we finally got there we're individuals all to just dive right back into the the Pisces collective it's true uh-
2: it's true <laughs> um yeah it, it's absolutely true um Aquarius really likes their independence, um, yeah. very much so, and Pisces is all about enmeshment, so yeah. so you go from one, uh, you know, almost extreme to the other, um, it, it can be, it, it can be a little shocking, I guess, when you change your season like that, when you go from one where everybody's feeling pretty good and individual, and then all of a sudden, like, oh. I'm entangled in all this right. stuff with other now, people. Now I'm in a codependent relationship. You know, <laughs> so um, but you know, Saturn and Pisces. So Saturn is like the physical structure of society, and Jupiter is the moral structure. And right now, they're they're not exacting, but they're very uh, in a very close sextile right now. Okay. In the transits, which is really lovely. Um, they will square later on. But what this is about, Saturn and Pisces, your physical structure. Uh, if we're talking about individuals, like your the physical structure of your day should have an energetic or spiritual. A habit in it mm-hmm. where you're sitting in like you and I've talked about so many times the um you know manifesting it within you know yeah. before it comes to, you know attracting it aligning with it um and that's what I feel like Saturn and Pisces is and then of course Jupiter being the moral structure he's in the sign of Taurus right now um which is all about our safety our security and our stability and when we think about it there is none but what we build within us you yeah. know so it kind of makes sense um you know, but we are all one really just means that we are all part of that divine structure. Right. You know, nobody's less or more divine. You know, we are all from that same. And so it's okay to individuate. Yeah. But just, I think people do need to remember, it's hard sometimes, like even the situation that I'm going through right now, to remember the other person is also divine, that other person also has their own storyline that they're meant to to deal with right now and to not take those things personal. Um, whereas if you get too much on your feelings with Pisces, you take it too personal and too much with Aquarius, you're too cold and detached. So I always think of, uh, you know, (laughs) Jesus, the story of Jesus and, and how,
1: um, like Christ consciousness when it comes to the sign of Pisces and thinking like, you know, when you can finally get to a point where you are completely untriggered, I guess, and un you know, you can really view everybody's divinity as a individualized expression of the divine. Then you—that's really the highest uh, form or the highest calling. I think of Pisces, the highest Absolutely. expression. Absolutely. So that's all kind of what we're working toward. Uh, you know, on the low end of, of Pisces, you have like a lot of um, boundary issues and codependency and um, not kind of knowing where you stop and the other person starts in a relationship. And so, um, you know, I think Pisces people can can kind of struggle with that um, when, before they are, you know, evolving or on their spiritual journey. Uh, but really it's, it's trying to, to get us to recognize that we are um, all divine and all of our, you know, even the, the most what we would consider like nefarious people are still a part of this collective soup. They're no different. So, you know, people that commit, you know, atrocities and, and things like that, if you can find compassion for them, that is the true high expression of Pisces.
2: Absolutely. And, and and then I think, too, you know, the studies that have been done, Brene Brown talks about this. Um, she did a study where she talked to some of the most, like, compassionate people who are known, like, well-known in the world for being incredibly compassionate mm-hmm. and asked them, like, how they maintain that, and they said because they have boundaries and compassion for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're able to have compassion for other people, but if those other people um, – are not ready for the change and growth. They don't take that personal. They just kind of move on to the next person. They don't sit there and put themselves in a situation where they're going to be hurt over and over again. They have compassion for themselves. They grieve that loss and they, you know, move on to the next person. And, and that is kind of the highest expression of Pisces because you know, you can get like the other day I was incredibly triggered, but I could have let that take me and like victimize myself and, you know, did all these things. But instead, I am trying uh, to practice what I preach um, and look at the situation kind of like that, kind of like having compassion for the other person. Yeah. Um, understanding like maybe what they're going through that led to the situation being what it is. And that that's very much the Christ consciousness that you speak of. Mm-hmm. Just like Jesus said, you know, you forgive 70 times 7. And that doesn't mean you have to keep people in your life or stay in crappy environments, but it does mean if you don't take them personal and you're able to understand that's something in them and move on, like that's the best way to go about things in my opinion. Um, I think sometimes people use forgiveness to mean continuing to put up, yeah, uh, no, you know, forgiveness, doesn't which is mean, the shadow of faith. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't mean to have
1: no boundaries or to not stand up for yourself. I mean, it really means uh, it, forgiveness is really you know for yourself and to um, acknowledge and and really have that self compassion and realize that you deserve better than to be um, pining away or. You know, just reveling in in sorrow over a situation or a person or something like that. You know that you deserve better. You know, and you love yourself enough to to set a boundary and to take yourself away from from toxic or you know situations that are not in your highest highest good.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, I feel like um, Pisces can like to play. In the ethereal, a little bit, it can like to escape on the shadow side, um, at the expense of the material, right? Yeah. Which is why that position is Virgo, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, because the answer isn't to escape into the ethereal. Yes, you want to use the ethereal energy to create within, so that that can become your material reality. So you want to play in both of those worlds, but not as an escape from the material, right? You do right. want to be of you service have to have and both. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and then just Saturn and Pisces can it can show us right now. And it is showing us collectively, <laughs> and I'm not, I yeah. don't even probably have to say it, but it's showing us where people are extremely committed to ideas about religion and morality that Oof. can be harsh and overbearing. That's yeah, modern, right? Yeah. Um, but Neptune's been in Pisces since 2011, really showing us that we've been under this like collective delusion, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. about all of society. And then people use this moral decline mm-hmm. argument, right, to argue for policies that would actually do more harm than good. And so you'll see a lot of that collectively as it's a I just going saw on. that on
1: just this morning that <clears> on <throat> um, guess this of some kind of a incident at of a local like kids' a place, like um, you know they were talking about well, they need to have you know armed security and of of this stuff, you of know, this these you know, their these are terrible. their parents are terrible, the kids are terrible, all of these of that there's this moral decline of society and I guess in a way it's always been there but because of the 24-hour news cycle you know what I mean we just hear so much information uh now that it's it's just in our faces all the
2: time and so it makes us think that it's more prevalent that's true Neil deGrasse Tyson there's a TikTok out there if you look him up um, he talks about how the crime rate for the last thirty years has dropped mm-hmm. consistently. Um, but yet, yeah, everybody's more afraid than they've ever been, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so perception is reality, and if you're tuned into that twenty four seven news cycle and everything that's going on all over the world, we talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. And you go down those rabbit holes, you don't end up anywhere but in a place of fear and confusion.
1: That's right, exactly. (laughs) And that's what they want. Yeah, the people that are putting out all this information, like there's you know anybody that puts out information, um, you know there there's some kind of agenda behind it. So, you know, there's things that you can agree with. There's things that you can disagree with, but There's all, you know, it's all being run from a narrative that's trying to get you to believe a certain way. So I guess the most highest Piscean way you can be with information is to be discerning and be more of an observer of information and not somebody that takes it in and and wears it as a badge and wears it as an identity.
2: Absolutely. I would say for, like, even you have the Pisces Mercury. So I would say, like, anybody with prominent Pisces placements, whether it's rising, Mercury, sun, whatever, um, the best thing I can say is when you get information, filter that through your intuition, because that's Pisces. Right. Is your intuition, your channel to the divine. Um, so I would always, if, if you have any major Pisces placements, um, go that route. Because, like Liz said, you want to be discerning. Um, And the way you're going to discern the best because you're Pisces (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, is to go to that channel of intuition and and divinity and see what feels right for you with that information, um, rather than just escaping in something because it sounds good at first, Right at first, you know. So Pisces do have a lot of strengths, you know,
1: they're very compassionate. I know I have a Pisces, I have actually... Pisces are surrounding my life. Um, My mom's a Pisces. I have three Pisces children. Uh, My youngest is a Pisces on steroids, I'm pretty convinced. Oh my gosh, but she is the sweetest. (laughs) (laughs) She is. Very compassionate. They're very creative people. Um, You know, Pisces rules like art and um, cinema, and uh, they're very intuitive and and just very, you know, very empathetic. Um, When we dive into the human design of Pisces, which we will in a little bit, you'll notice that most all of the Pisces gates come from the emotional solar plexus. And so um, it just really speaks to, you know, they're very empathic uh, people and they're very intuitive. Um, but I think sometimes that can be too much, you know, for them. It can be overwhelming well, to be so if, psychic. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I was going to say, imagine if you don't have all of those planets, how overwhelming it can be for you sometimes. And if you are somebody with the Pisces, it's like on steroids. Yeah. Um, You know, I have a Piscean quote. Um, This this totally reminds me of Pisces energy. Um, It says, compassion hurts. When you feel connected to everything, you also feel responsible for everything and you cannot turn away. Your destiny is bound with the destiny of others. You must either learn to carry the universe or be crushed by it. You must grow strong enough to love the world, yet empty enough to sit down at the same table with its worst horrors. And Mm. that's a quote by Andrew Boyd. That really sums up Pisces, like, it does. and I think that's why what happens is they feel that compassion and empathy, and then all of a sudden they feel responsible. Yes, and so absolutely, if they can't fix it, then they try to escape so they don't have to think about it. Yeah, escapism
1: um, is big with Pisces. Yeah, so- lots of addicts and and you know, different kinds of um, things that people use to,
2: whether it be food, drugs, mm-hmm. anything like that, to kind of get away from the feeling so strongly. Yeah, and I think the key to that is, again, it's Pisces. So um, creating a, a spiritual channel with the divine, whatever that looks like for you, whether mm-hmm. that's meditation, prayer, journaling, you know, terror I don't care which, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. There's so many, you know, tools that you could use for, you know, spirituality. and But having that, you know, self-compassion and, and that spiritual practice is going to help you um, not escape, right? Because you're sitting in it and you're, and you're working through it and you're listening to your intuition. Um, and that's going to get you so much further. Um, you know, it is tough for anybody. Um, you know, that last sentence about, you know, grow strong enough to love the world, but then sit down with its worst horrors. Like Mm -hmm. it's tough for anybody, but especially somebody with a lot of Pisces that has incredible depth for empathy, you know, empathy and compassion. So. So why don't we go
1: into some of the ancient
2: um, mythology and history surrounding Pisces? Well, there's a good book, um, a great book that my teacher always talks about. Um, it's called The Astrology of Fate by Liz Green. And she gives this storyline of Dionysus and Pisces, which traces back to the Divine Mother and her mm-hmm. son across history, which, you know, Jesus and Mary, for right. example, it kind of, you know, evolved with stories. different cultures, yeah. you know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke, you know, about as well about Aphrodite and her son uh, Eros. That's another example mm-hmm. of the myth. It's about um, they were escaping um, from Typhoon, right, to become the fish that are now the constellation of Pisces. Mm. So when you think of the fish, that there's two fish. It's it's the divine mother and her son. Okay, you know, um, and they're going different directions. And, and in most of those stories, the son is in some, somehow a sacrifice or has to sacrifice something. Hmm. Um, and so going further back than that, there's Phoenicia, there was a fish cult of, uh, surrounding the great goddess, uh, and I may not pronounce this correctly, um, adar hmm. Um and she had a son named Icathus, and he was later turned into the god EA that you and I spoke about mm-hmm. in previous episodes. Um, and so these stories are just like the ones you talked about in Aquarius, where they're the same, just over time, right. the names, mm-hmm. stories change yeah. slightly, you know. Um, but in Pisces season, it's really about preparing the lamb for the slaughter, the mother and the son, she's sacrificing the son. Mm -hmm. Um, and so motherhood
1: is a huge sacrifice anyway. It is. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, and Dionysus going back to him, you know, he was this great Olympian God of wine, of pleasure, festivities, you know, um, my kind of guy. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And he was close to nature and women, very familiar with the more like mystical side of life. Um, and this is one that men are often mocked uh, for taking part in. Mm. Um, so if if you have a lot of Pisces energy and you display that as a man, you may be considered like more feminine mm. um, in your expression, mm-hmm. um, which obviously in this world doesn't seem okay for some people. Right. <laughs> um, And then I would just add to, you know, what you said about the strengths and weaknesses that I feel for every strength, there's just a reflection, right, of the weakness. So everything's a reflection or a duality. duality. Mm -hmm. And so if you can sit with that and, you know, and learn what that duality is within you, um, you know, you can learn a lot about yourself. And, you know, compassion is wonderful to have, but... Without boundaries um, and self-compassion, it's really not real compassion. Right. Um, it's you doing things because you feel bad or you don't want to feel judged or you want to be accepted or, you yeah. know, s- some sort of reciprocation right. on your part when it comes from that place. Mm. Um Yeah, we talk a lot about escapism uh,
1: with Pisces and a lot of, you know, like I said, you know, struggles with drugs and alcohol, but also, um, you know, they can be highly sensitive, almost oversensitive, struggle to set boundaries and can be um, very idealistic people like they're, you know, they want to see the, you know, Neptune is the, the rose colored glasses, right? And so, they want to see things as, you know, in the best possible way. And so I think sometimes in relationships, Pisces will, um, you know, make a lot of excuses for their partner's bad behavior and put up with a whole lot that they probably shouldn't uh, because of that idealism.
2: Oh, um, absolutely. That's definitely where you see Neptune coming into play as the ruler, um, you know, um, Putting up with things like you know doing things like I said because you feel better. You're trying to please a partner that's you know impossible to please or anything like that's very the Neptunian <laughs> side right. of it. Um, and then you know Jupiter is is help as the ruler is helping us understand that in order for society to fu- to function there needs to be empathy and compassion um right but you can't sit there and think oh if i just show them enough compassion if i just show them enough empathy they're gonna right they're gonna you know and if they show you over and over again that they're not they don't care and they're gonna you know not appreciate that then
1: time to set your boundaries time prices. to set your boundaries
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> very true you know, Pisces um, obviously has a different influence wherever it's falling in your chart. So, like I said, it, it traditionally rules the 12th house. Um, so, it's like a lot of things that are hidden. Um, but obviously, if you're a Pisces rising, then it's right out on display as part of your identity. And you could have Piscean values if it's in the second house. So third house, you might communicate in a Piscean way. So there's you got to look at where Pisces is in your chart and then also look at where both Jupiter and Neptune are ruling Pisces from to kind of see how that Pisces energy will play out. Uh, for me, I have Pisces in the 12th house and I have my Mercury there. So that's, um, kind of thought of as a challenging placement. I know Mercury is considered in detriment in Pisces. Uh, and, but I think I've learned how to, um, how to deal with a lot of it in my own spiritual work, uh, But what do you think? Uh, Where does Pisces fall for you?
2: It's in my eighth house. Um, Okay. You know, yeah. Like Liz said, I would just look to where it falls in your chart and then figure out what topics rule the house Pisces is for you. That's where... Mm -hmm you're going to feel that expression the most. But also you want to look to, what, like you said, where Jupiter and Neptune are, what aspects are being made, because those are the rulers mm-hmm. of Pisces, any any planets that are in that house, um, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, mine's eighth house, so immediately you can see that when I... That's the house of joining resources and the deep psyche and the mm-hmm. vulnerability and the power dynamics. And, and so when I join resources with someone I definitely see them as an extension of myself I want them to do well the better they do the better I feel right mm-hmm, Pisces mm-hmm. um so I can definitely fall under spells of delusion in this area too <laughs> um in fact I recently did that you know but I'm glad I was courageous and had a bit of delulu because at least now I understand my worth and where it's not going to be valued right um and for you again you said it's the 12th house this speaks to Pisces energy um either being a bit veiled for you or what you kind of keep away from, like, your Pisces energy isn't something people see a lot. That's true. You know?
1: Because that's, yeah, Yeah. my, and we're going to talk more about attachment styles, but in my, I tend to lead more avoidant, uh, which I would agree that sensitivity and the empathy and the, you know, like, putting my feelings all out on display it's not really my thing. No,
2: you you do have compassion and empathy. That, oh, absolutely, that it can be seen for sure. But you definitely don't go about that in a Piscean way, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it can be like you said, an avoidance of the emotional bonding, you know, in favor of the hyper independence. Um, right. And it's, and I mean, and for you because you have Aries in that first house, and you have so many planets in Aries, right. so that's going to be the more dominant energy. Um, but I said, like I said, the twelfth house is the hero's journey. Um, And so that's what you have to take for your path to healing. And so for you, it's this idea of the evolution of the shadow, Mm. you know, self-compassion digging through the the feelings and the sensitivity feeling my feelings feeling my feelings to talk
1: about my feelings no i'm i'm getting better at it for sure but i'm you know aries is such an action oriented like go 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 like that's what i'm more and then of course i have a sagittarius moon so it's a lot of fire there and so i'm like Pisces, why do you want to come throw water on everything? You're <laughs> like, putting out my my flames here. So, yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, and then there was just a few uh, famous people um, that I wanted to talk about to yeah. give people an idea. So uh, we all know Albert Einstein, and he was a Pisces. Mm. And if you understand that the language of physics and math, which is what he's known for, um, is the language of the universe, right? Then you understand yeah. that connection. He was very in tune. Uh, with his Pisces and and with the universe and the Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't even think of it like that, but you're right. Yeah. So from the quantum theory of light, you know, to the existence of atoms, to him teaching us that time is not fixed, but rather it's relative to the flow Mm. or frame of reference. Those Mm. are very Piscean things there. yeah Um, Even Justin Bieber. Okay. Uh, He's a Pisces, and he's the great example of a young man who got famous in the material world, could not handle it escaped mm. into alcohol, made some really terrible decisions, and then now he's, you know, super religious.
1: Oh, I guess I didn't realize he was religious, but I don't really follow that I don't follow
2: that. him either, but I did some research for the Okay. <laughs> for <laughs> the famous people with Pisces and, and that one jumped out at me when I saw he was a Pisces because you had the escapism and you have the religion. Yeah. Which is all very Piscean. Um and then the last one was Steve Jobs because he was a Pisces and Pisces is about oneness and connection and he was part of the World Wide Web. That we are putting this out into, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, that oneness that we have across the world now because we can all connect and talk and, and all of that. So that's just a few examples I had.
1: Yeah. Um, there's lots of, you know, famous Pisces people, you know, Pisces rules, um, like I said, like movies and the cinema and things like that. So, um, you'll find that actually, I'm sure a lot of actors have some prominent Pisces placements. Um, I know my my little Pisces sons are dramatic as hell. So, <laughs> they're. Uh... I I have
2: my brother is a Pisces. My dad is a Pisces. Um, outside of that, I don't have a lot of Pisces. Besides, like Emmy, obviously mm-hmm. now is, is is part of my my frame of reference, and she is just like the sweetest, I know. She's so <laughs> the sweet. most empathetic, sweet little, girl. I'm so glad you're her mom and you can kind of mold that for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so grateful because otherwise <laughs> yeah. somebody with that much compassion, you know, I would hate, but, but I know she's going to be good. Cause you're, yeah, she you're guiding loves her, but
1: animals and just uh, loves people. They do. They love animals. Loves. Yeah. Oh my goodness. She even, is.
2: even my dad, I think I've mentioned this before, but, um, even my dad, like animals and kids, are just drawn to him. Yeah, um, it's not even like yeah he likes them, but it's it's not even that. It's like they they literally just are drawn to his energy. It's interesting
1: because with I just have my Mercury <clears throat> in Pisces, but animals are drawn to me too. I notice like even I'm not even that big of a cat person, but every time I go and see my uncle, um, and aunt because I help them out, um, with stuff, and so I go over there like once or twice a week and uh i go over there and their cat is like obsessed with me like she'll just like come and like jump on my lap and just is like follows me around i mean it's just so strange because i'm not you know, I consider myself more of a dog person. And of course, I have a little dog who's also obsessed with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so interesting that the that, that animals just can sense that
2: Well, and I think energy. they sense that divinity, right? Because they're, right. they're all part of it too, right? And right. we're all part of that like collective consciousness on different levels of consciousness, obviously. Um, but they are conscious creatures. And, and people say, and I'm not a huge cat person either, um, but people say that cats are like, that's why Egyptians loved cats so much because they are like, like a special thing from the divine. Oh yeah. They're um, like, they the, have like special, they like
1: walk both sides of the, um, like consciousness and like, can uh, or like are can see like higher realms yeah, of consciousness.
2: Yeah. I've heard that too. And sometimes because there is a cat in my house, my daughter has a cat. Named Fish, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and they funny. laugh because I'm just not a cat person. But because Fish has just been around so long, I will stop and pet Fish and talk mm-hmm. to you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but he will sometimes just be sitting there and randomly act like he saw something or oh, whatever. Yeah. It's super interesting, and the dogs will be right there too and not do anything, you know. Yeah. Um, but so it's super interesting for sure. I
1: believe it. I mean, they're they could cats are they have very high heightened sense of awareness about them absolutely they're probably piscean in nature (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about the human design of pisces Uh, so um pisces starts out in gate 55 um, and we've talked so much about this gate because saturn has just been like chilling there for a while um, and it's been kind of retrograded and went back for, you know, it's been massaging, I guess, this gate. Uh, and so, you know, the, it's the gate of abundance. Um, it's, it's emotional energy coming off the emotional solar plexus down toward the root. Uh, so definitely people with gate 55 exude like an optimistic and abundant energy. Um, they may naturally see, this is that idealism, right. That we talked Mm -hmm. about, um, you know, they might see potential where others don't, um, always seeing like abundance everywhere. Um, very optimistic, um, and also can be very infectious to others, which is awesome. Um, you know, they could face challenges, you know, if they're not authentic in expressing their optimism, um, or if they like try to force their perspective onto others. So it's like really important for them to share um, their abundance mindset and their, you know, positive outlook um, in a way that's authentic and resonates, uh, you know, with who they are. And then, Well,
2: I was just because you were talking about Saturn and it's coming off the emotional center and Saturn's been massaging that. And it just brought me back to what I keep saying Saturn is about. It's about disciplining yourself to do the emotional inner work. Hmm. You Um, You know, if you want abundance, you have to believe within that abundance is possible for you. Yeah. And that takes a lot of energetic work to convince yourself. And depending on what you've been through, that level can be different for everyone right Mm -hmm. um but it's it's sometimes this world makes it very hard to feel worthy yeah of abundance or worthy of more and (laughs) saturn there can can restrict our feeling uh, of abundance but it's all in how you use the energy right so we're seeing that too a lot. absolutely absolutely and 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 so but if you use the energy to sit in and say no matter what's going on around me i am abundant and i deserve abundance you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and just build those habits that Saturn wants you to work. He wants those routines and those habits, but in the emotional plane right now is what he's trying to clean up. Right. You know, so I just kind of noticed that connection when you were talking about it.
1: Yeah, I was going to try to check to see if he's still there. I believe he might have moved on. Yeah, he moved, he's moved on now um, to gate 37, which is the next... Uh, gate that he that uh Pisces is um which is the gate of friendship and it is one of the most communal gates in the body graph uh this is my my stepdaughter uh Lonnie she has her conscious son in this gate so she has um she's a very good friend sometimes to her detriment Um, Oh, the Pisces, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, again, this is emotional solar plexus energy um, heading toward the heart this time. Uh, So, it's all about like holding the family or communal structure together. Um, You know, they're very warm, caring people. Uh, And this gate is really about making sure that everybody has access to resources and that resources are being distributed uh, fairly. Um, So one of the challenges of this gate is that it's easily used um, by other people you know people can kind of cling on to people that have this gate to kind of take care of them or you know think that they're going to solve their problems or just realize that they're such a nice warm person that they can kind of be used easily. Um, so it's important that, you know, the people with this gate uh, take time before allowing um, others into their circle. I know when you're a Pisces, you want to just like save the world and save everybody and be, um, you know, loving and nice. But you have to like examine people's true intentions because um, this gate wants to just like help and care for everyone. Um, but it soon realizes that it can't. Um, and so it's just very important that you're choosing your circle and choosing your friends wisely. so that way you're you know also raising your own vibration through the people that you are associating with and the people that um, recognize that gate in you and recognize that that warmth and that um, love within you um, but aren't looking to exploit it.
2: No, absolutely. And it even makes sense that, you know, moving from the gate of abundance where he was showing us where abundance was going to be restricted and how we can go within, you know, to still create our own abundance, no matter what's going on with the mm-hmm. collective. Right. Mm-hmm. And now he's in this, this gate of who are we going to do that Friendship. with? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so he's going to start restricting and, and, and removing the relationships in your life that are just using you, That's that are so just, true. you know what I mean? And so because G- if you think about the Bible, we're, we're on mm-hmm. Pisces, so why not bring bring it back to Jesus, mm-hmm. where he said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there is mm-hmm. stri- power in numbers. Mm-hmm. And so you want a good circle. But yes. again, you want a circle of people who are reciprocating your energy and appreciating your energy and that are giving as much. Because, you know, I had this whole conversation yesterday where... Um, because we were talking about attachment styles, which I can't wait to do that episode. Um, but it was my cousin and myself and John. And, and we were talking about how interesting it is um, when you get two anxious background people together, like John and I. Yeah. And we're both secure now, but we have those,
0: those triggers tendencies. and tendencies. Yeah.
2: Um, both of us to overgive Mm. do you know what I mean and so that comes with its own challenges Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, because people often in like my anxious uh, group you know I swear they're all full of Pisces no probably (laughs) but (laughs) but uh, people are always you know are always in there talking about you know oh I just wish I could get with another person with anxious attachment instead because they would understand but that's not I mean, it comes with its own unique set of. Shit. It's way better. I wouldn't. I I will say than to be with an avoidant for an anxious person. Mm. Um, but again, it's just we have to kind of constantly hold each other in check. Right. At what we're giving, and I I don't want him to ever feel um, like he has to do certain things for me, like to earn my love or respect. And so we've got a good balance there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, like I said, that tendency is there. We have to kind of check each other sometimes about how about we say no to this or how right. about, you know what I mean? Yeah. I so. have to,
1: I have to get on Isaac about, um, overgiving and being too, um, you know, cause he, he has, uh, his in Aries, but his moon is there. Um, and so it's got those Piscean kind of themes where, you know, he, he wants to just give, give, give to everybody, but then he ends up feeling, um, I guess, uh, bitter in a way or frustrated, resentful. resentful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that he's, you know, giving so much of himself and not getting as much in return. Um, and so it really comes down Mm -hmm. to managing your own expectations. And then, like I said, watching who you are, um, giving to. And if, if they're, um, I don't want to say worthy, but you know, that it's, that, that there's a mutual, you know, reception, a mutual giving and, and taking in a relationship that it's not just one person's just taking, taking, taking while you're bending over backwards for them. Yeah,
2: and then people will say, oh, you know, well, I'm just a giver. Okay, you know what I mean? Or they don't want, you know, their relationships to be transactional. But if you're in a relationship with somebody who's just taking and taking, that is transactional. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're taking. It, you're <laughs> not, It's not transactional to expect reciprocity. No. Um, at all. And so I think that's a huge lesson for Pisces placements. Absolutely. Um, even me, I have, you know, I have Pisces in the eighth house. I have Vesta there. I have Part of Fortune there. I have the south node there. So I very much keep the home fires burning for people. Like if mm-hmm. I am close to you, I will do almost anything for you. Um, and so even myself, I have to watch, you know, my especially my closest interactions where there's like joint resources and we're sharing home and, you know, mm. that's for me where I will, just give and give and give and give until I have nothing left but like my cousin and I were talking yesterday when you live like that at some point you do get bitter yeah and you do get resentful and guess what you chose it yep you know that's the hardest it pill. is that was the hardest pill for me to swallow when I realized that for years I was just choosing my own resentment mm. I mean, at the time it is a hard lesson it didn't feel like a choice you know I mean? right but the whole time I you know at some point I realized no I, I chose to stay Yeah. I chose to do that. (laughs) Like, you know, Um, but the good news about that is once you see that, you recognize, oh, I have a choice. Absolutely. And it can be a hard choice, but you have to make it and you have to grieve the loss and you have to move on because sometimes you're going to, I just told this to my daughter the other day, sometimes you're going to just catch yourself, especially with what's going on in her chart right now. I just did a whole blog with hers and yours Mm -hmm. um, where you're just on this up level and you're just raising your vibration. And guess what? Not everybody's gonna come with you. No, it's not. Just, it's yeah. just a fact. And some you people are gonna resent to. you for yeah, it. Absolutely, fact, absolutely. They're gonna they're
1: gonna be very triggered uh, by you kind of moving forward and moving up and creating new goals. And so, you know, watch how other people respond to your success as well, because you know those who are really truly in your corner are going to be nothing but um, happy for you and supportive and, you know, loving toward you and, and trying to, um, do all they can to help you along your journey. Uh, whereas those who are the, you know, so-called energy vampires are going to be trying to minimize or take away or, um, feel threatened, um, by what you're doing. Absolutely. So now Pisces moves on um, in gate 63. And so this is actually a head um, gate. So this is uh, obviously because we get divine information or divine inspiration in Pisces. So um, this is where my Mercury actually is. And it's called the gate of doubt. Um, It comes Mm. from the head down toward the Ajna. Um, It's a very skeptical gate. So people with this gate tend to have like a natural inclination for... um, we'll say thoughtful assessment and (laughs) contemplation. However, it can be very questioning, very analytical. Um, It's kind of like the, if you think about when you're doing a scientific experiment and you have like your hypotheses and the gate of doubt comes in and is like, nope, that's not going to work because of this, this, and this. And so it goes on and on, but um, it definitely can be transformational um, if you're willing to, I guess, not put the doubt onto yourself and other people, but just kind of like we talked about before, have it be more observational and you can separate yourself from your thoughts. Um, so you, you can be, like I said, you could be very doubtful and have a lot of uncertainty, um, but it's really just a mechanism to like assess, you want to close the loop, so to speak. So you're going to, so say you have a a scientific hypothesis or something, you're trying to figure out a problem and you're like, okay, this isn't gonna work, that's not gonna work. But really, you're really trying to figure out what will work, but you have to, you tend to go through all the things that won't work first. (laughs) And so that can be a little bit um, of a challenge. there, it's a definitely a very logical gate. It likes to, you know, complete tasks, um, and then there's always this kind of underlying sense of caution. Um, and, and it it really wants you to ponder things. So it, but what's important is that you don't get yourself in a perpetual state of doubt because that can really hinder you, you know, from moving forward. So you have to strike a balance between, um, you know, the assessment and the pondering and the, the doubting to actually making a decision and, you know, taking action, um, Isaac has the, the gate that's opposite of this, which is gate four. And so this is also called the, the gate of youthful folly. And so the the two in tandem are meant to complement each other. And that gate four will come up with all of the great ideas and the plans and everything. Um, and then the gate 63 is like, eh, I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it seems like they're not complementary, but it, it it's necessary for, you know, so that you're not just – throwing the baby out with the bathwater and running off with the, all of these crazy ideas, you have to have that little bit of, um, let's, let's bring things back down to, to reality here. And, um, yeah, let's, let's see how we can make this work because I'm not sure if that's exactly going to work. Uh, so it can be kind of a challenging gate, I would say to have, but it's, um, one that is necessary in order to, to move forward toward what is, what is right and good and just for the collective.
2: And I would say too, because you talked about your Mercury being there and, and we talked about the 12th house being like your hero's journey. Um, maybe some of that is you, um, learning to work through the doubt so that it's not hindering you. Yeah. Um, from taking steps that would actually, you know, be fruitful for you. Um, cause you are this like go getter for the mm-hmm. most part. And so it's. It's weird when you tell me, like, you have this gate where there's, like, all this doubt because you don't express that, but that's in your 12th house. Right. Not <laughs> so, openly. <laughs> so it is not something I get to see all the time. Right. Um, And so I, I love how accurate that was. But, I f- yeah, I feel like definitely that would be, you know, hard for Pisces. Yeah. Uh, because Pisces is a very ethereal, just wanting to make it all good. And then you've got this gate going, well, you know. Right. <laughs> and so... So, yeah, I can definitely see that where that would be a challenge, but also, like you said, a positive thing, because there have been ideas I've come out with all excitedly that I'm glad somebody said, mm. Right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like, Let's look at it from this perspective,
1: you know. Yeah, it kind of can tamps down the dreaminess of Pisces, I think, a little bit, which is probably a good thing, because, like we said, Pisces can get lost in idealism, and so it's probably necessary for if they're going to have a gate you know, in the head to have it be that one. Yeah. Um, Next, we move to Gate 22. Um, This is uh, called the Gate of Grace. Um, It is a graceful, receptive energy. Um, so people with this gate tend to have just a very natural open ability for open communication. Um, they e- express themselves in a way that is inviting, graceful, and receptive um, and fosters like a harmonious exchange of ideas. Um, it's all about like being, you know, receptive to the influence of others. Um, you know, so these people are very like open to receive new ideas they're very this to me is like i mean gate 22 like divine feminine energy in a way um so it can be very influential uh because these people come across as very gentle and um you know they just they have a lot of grace and so people like that people want to be around people like that oh yes um and so you know, they're, they're very graceful in their interactions. They create atmospheres that have like ease and beauty, um, you know, and they have this kind of, I guess, sense of humility and openness and they recognize, uh, beauty in other people as well. Um, so it's a very beautiful gate. Um, there may be, a little bit of a challenge. If you feel like pressured to conform and be more forceful or assertive, like it may be a struggle for people with this gate to, you know, be more forceful if they need to, um, you know, because this is a very feminine gate, like we said. So it's, it's all about being receptive and intuitive and, and not as much about like pushing and what
2: we would consider more, masculine. So they could struggle with that. I still like it because we've gone from, okay, Saturn was in the gate, you know, of abundance where he was restricting abundance and and showing us to go within to create our own. And then next he's now in the gate of friendship. the friendship mm-hmm. and where we're kind of creating our tribe with a little more maturity and intention and mm-hmm. emotional intelligence. And now we're in this, this gate, where, or we will be, he will be, yeah. in this gate where maybe collectively people won't be, you know, the grace and, and all of those beautiful qualities mm-hmm. will be a little restricted. But now we've created a tribe where that does exist. Yeah. And it's okay because, yes, you want to allow yourself to be influenced by others, but you also want to recognize that you bring an influence. Absolutely. And so, if you can embody these qualities of the divine feminine, which we talk about all the time this softness, this receptivity, um, you know, these types of things, um, you can really influence an environment greatly. Because, like you said, people want to be around that energy. They do.
1: They love, yeah. I mean, just think of like the most, like, just like a Disney princess energy kind of like, you know, where you're just kind and you're kind to everyone and you, um, you know, people are just, they just love you because you're so authentic and so nice and you can see people at their core and, and, and show them, them love. Um, you know, so definitely a gate that, um, again, coming off the emotional solar plexus, um, you know, going this time toward the throat. And so it's, if it's connected to that throat channel, then you really can speak, um, that kind of grace into, into fruition and manifest using, using your, your grace. So I want that gate.
2: <laughs> I know me too. I don't
1: have it. I know. <laughs> I don't have any emotional gates. i have none, zero, the, the one Pisces gate. That I have is in the head <laughs> like, and the rest of them are in the emotional solar plexus, the rest of the Pisces. But it's good
2: because you're meant to, with Mercury in the 12th house, you're actually meant to bring, um, uh, a touch of the divine and, and psychic intuition to the logical sphere. That's
1: true. Do you know what I mean? I'm very and psychic. So, yes, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And so, so that doubt is what usually stops you, but you're actually part of that work is just realizing again, that you are here to influence somebody That's through true. that psychic. Um, connection you have so
1: so next we're moving on to gate 36 which is the gate of crisis Um, this is again coming from that emotional solar plexus moving toward the throat Um, this is like collective energy so a lot of pisces gates are collective meaning that the energy is um meant to be for the whole and not not necessarily the individual um and so this is about having the ability to adapt to change, finding solutions during challenging times. Um, it's definitely emphasizes the importance of like flexibility and resourcefulness when faced with a crisis. Um, so Gate 36 sees the crisis not just as a challenge, but also as an opportunity for growth. Um, it encourages individuals to view different situations as catalysts for positive change and, and transformation. Um, so when this is activated, um, it, you can be a very like solution oriented. Like you're the one to call in a in a crisis because um, you will bring all the solutions, and you also have like really good communication um, and can really kind of see that that path forward. Um, it can be challenging if you ca- if you become overwhelmed by crises because. If you have that gate, you also may attract some crises into your life. And so it could um, be overwhelming for you. But really, it's just about embracing adaptability and positive change, um, you know, through problem solving um, to really unlock the, the potential through that
0: gate.
2: And I think, too, you know... When we're, when you're facing a crisis, you know, that's when you need faith the most. Yes. And Pisces is associated with faith. Yep. Um, and so a lot of times when there's a crisis, you do want to call on somebody who can remind you to have faith. And, right. and like you said, kind of see, okay, like, I know this is big, but we're going to have faith and here's maybe some solutions, yes. you know, that, that like voice of reason um, that reminds you also to, to keep the faith because mm-hmm. we do need both, you know, people argue reason over faith, but... Honestly, reason doesn't answer every question. No, it doesn't. Um, And faith doesn't answer every question. So you kind of do need both, especially in a crisis situation.
1: Absolutely. I,
2: I, one thing I've tried to train myself to do because I, I, I have Uranus in the fourth house. So my whole life has been crisis after crisis after crisis. And one thing I've, I've tried so hard to train myself to do is to look at those, like you said, as an opportunity of growth. And I don't know if I have that gate, but that's how I view those things now. Um, they might get me right in the beginning, you know, but then I go, okay, wait a minute. You know how can I use this to increase my faith? How can I use this to choose a different path? How can you know to get that solution? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's real easy when a crisis hits to lose faith and and to claim victimhood and to fall into that sorrow and grief. Yeah. Um. So you do need somebody <laughs> like that who will step up. The calmest in any room is the strongest. And absolutely. You know. So That's so true. So moving on,
1: you wanted to share a story about. Your dad and
0: Trent and Chad.
2: Oh, oh, Chad. I forgot about Chad. That He's one of the most, because I did talk about my dad and my brother a little bit. Um, both my dad, my brother, and my cousin, are. are they're all Pisces, all mm-hmm. three of them, and they've all fallen into escapism. Mm. Um, my dad is a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. My brother um, is a recovering drug addict and still, I would say, an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and my cousin Chad also fell into drugs and alcohol. And so, um, watching that has been tough, obviously. Um, but a lot of it is because when you, when I look back on it now, you know, with the wisdom and and the things I've learned, Mm -hmm. I can see what led them, you know, to that escapism. Mm. Um, it's difficult because when it's, if you're not a Pisces, but you love a Pisces Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they fall in, it's really difficult because, I don't know, I guess, how to... Now, my dad's different because he doesn't do those things anymore. And he's kind of taken his accountability and and whatever. But when they're still in that active um, escapism, it's really difficult. There's a lot of times they do lose everybody. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for a Pisces because Pisces feels very much connected in that oneness. Um, and so when they fall into that escapism and, you know, everybody pulls away and they're just sitting there alone, that, that can be very, very... Uh, difficult. I'm sure. Um, And I've watched, you know, all three of them (laughs) go through that process. Um, And 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 it's been definitely difficult. And I would say, but the higher expression that I've noticed is some of the things we've talked about earlier as well, which is um, their creativity, their optimism, their hope, Um, you know, when they do start to get their stuff cleaned up, or when they they, they can be very optimistic, very hopeful, very full of faith. Um, They're very sensitive Mm -hmm. Um, so all of their great qualities are what, what end up leading them to escape life. So I think the biggest lesson when we're talking about anybody with Pisces placements is boundaries. Mm, It's so hard, but it's so necessary because if you don't, again, you're going to fall into those holes of, you know, despair and depression, you know, Pisces emotional energy on that shadow side can be very enmeshed and depressed and codependent. Um, And then you're going (laughs) to fall into these patterns of addiction or escapism in whatever way. Um, And so you really do need to, like that quote said, learn how to love the world and, you know, sit down at the table with its worst horrors, but also know when it's time to walk away.
1: Yeah. It's like you have to love, you love the world But you love yourself just a little bit more because you have to save yourself in a way. You know, my mother is a Pisces and Isaac's mother is a Pisces and they both have expressed that Piscean energy differently. My mom was a politician and then later on she was an educator and she is filled with hope. Um, as far as like for the future and she loves children, um, and, and helping children, um, succeed even now, um, in her retirement, she's, she volunteers as a, um, CISA, which is like an advocate court advocate for kids, um, who are like going through, you know, divorces and things like that. It's a very Piscean thing, um, that, that where they don't have a, a, a voice, you know, like maybe mom and dad are, are fighting it out and aren't really seeing clearly what's best for the kids. Um, my mom can kind of be that, you know, see that, see clearly. She probably has that gate of crisis uh, <laughs> somewhere in her Pisces. Um but then I look at, you know, Isaac's mom um, who was a very um in very into fundamentalist religion mm-hmm. and she was extremely religious and it almost to the point, you know, Isaac We'll talk about um, how he couldn't even talk to his mom for a while because she was so, you know, she would never allow a moment to pass without, you know, telling him why they were going to hell, basically. And it was just too much um, on that side of things. And so, um, but both, you know, my mom and his mom, too, have um, fallen into escapism at times and his mom ultimately, you know, passed away um, due to... Um, you know, prescription drugs and things like that. And so it, it, there's definitely, I want to say it all comes from a good place. Mm -hmm. It comes from, you know, you know, hope or, you know, wanting the future to be better, wanting people to be better. Uh, But it's, it's whether you let the fear take over, um, cause that's a big part of it too. Or if you choose the,
2: you know, the higher vibration of, of hope and faith. Yeah, I would agree with that because the, you know, they're both expressin', expressing, expressing mm-hmm. uh, Piscean qualities, but one is expressing them, like you said, from this place of hope and optimism, which is very Pisces and the other from, you know, fear of the divine. Pisces right. is the divine, you know, if you fear, th- this is why religions, you know, I don't know if it'll ever make sense to me again. And one of the main reasons is because fear and love are opposites. Right. You can't both fear the divine and love the divine. Like they're complete oppositions. And so um, when you come from fear with anything, I mean, even the situation I'm, you know, dealing with at work, part of that um, was because of a decision they made based on fear and desperation Mm. that's now coming back to bite them. Mm. And so... It's true whether you're talking about personal relationships or jobs or whatever but when you make decisions from a space of fear that's what you do. Yes. Like Isaac's mom, you drive people away, you know, and your heart is her heart was probably in the right place. You know, she was fearful maybe and didn't wasn't aware that that's not the right place. Right. But in her in her heart she was trying to save her children that's and right. save, do you know what I mean, get them on a right path so to speak. That's
1: what a lot of you know religion boils down Mm -hmm. to and the lot of the reason that people want to you know push their beliefs and we talked about that actually in one of the earlier gates of human design in pisces about how that's really where you go wrong is where you when you want to try to push your beliefs onto other people and quote-unquote save other people um yeah i have you know take issue the same as you do with um the, the
0: idea that, that God is somehow vengeful and, and you know, mean. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just don't – it doesn't resonate with me.
1: I, I just believe that God is all loving. Like we all are an expression of God. And
2: so how could – god be vengeful toward it. like even when my child mm. makes a mistake i love them right there's exactly. never a time when i want my child to fear me in fact i changed my whole way of parenting when i realized that some of the things i were doing when they were younger was scaring them <laughs> do right. you know what i mean so so i can't just as a parent myself and they say god is our father and as a parent myself i just can't see uh fear and vengefulness no. being a quality that if if I don't want to have that as a human being, I expect far more from a divine being. Exactly. Know? So I yeah I don't Pisces to me it can be like I said on the shadow side it can come from that fearful space being fearful of the divine. But a lot of what's been being exposed as Neptune has been in Pisces is that we shouldn't actually fear the divine. You know that's why religions are so so much less popular than they once were, and people are kind of leaving religion behind the organized structures of it, mm-hmm. and it's because of that. You know they're recognizing I don't have to be afraid. Like you are the divine. Are you afraid of yourself? Like you know you, we're just literally different forms of consciousness expressing, or the same form of consciousness expressing itself in different ways. Right. And yeah, yeah, I can't wrap my head around the fear aspect of it being correct. Me either.
1: so we've kind of touched on this a little bit um about how pisces might have challenges within relationships of like codependency not being able to set boundaries um do we have any like you know we've talked a lot also about their gifts that they have that they're very you know empathetic they're hopeful they're um very loving compassionate people Um, sometimes to a fault and that's kind of where I think the advice that we might have comes in, which is that you do have to, um, set boundaries as a, as a Pisces person and you have to, um, you cannot pour yourself and run yourself dry, no matter how watery you are mm-hmm. um, in, in order to please everybody else and to, you know, work your ass off for everybody else because that's that's not going to get you to evolve yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah,
2: and I would just, you know, with Pisces, my advice would be always, like I said earlier, um, have a spiritual routine
0: mm-hmm. that
2: keeps you connected to your intuition and to that divine channel inside of you. Um, you know, setting a boundary doesn't have to be done in a harsh way. Right. Um, you can, you can say a, a hard thing in a kind way. Yeah. You know, um, I do it all the time. Yeah. I like to try, I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so, I, well, I, cause mm-hmm. there's been times where you said, Hey, this is coming out of love, you know, and you would tell me, mm-hmm. th- and it was something that, yeah, maybe I didn't like to hear when I first heard it come right. through the clip or whatever, but it was definitely what I needed in that moment. Right. Um, I don't feel like you've ever said it in a in a mean way at all to me, but, but for Pisces, you definitely need a spiritual routine because you, you don't have any grounding. If you have a lot of Pisces, you're kind you're just kind of boundless. Right. Um, And so you have to be very intentional with your grounding um, and bringing yourself kind of, into that divine channel, not necessarily down to earth, but just into that divine channel where you are hearing from the divine yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the fear can have you think you need to listen to this preacher or this person or become a nun or do you know what I mean? Whatever. Um, but if you develop just a personal channel, there's a quote my cousin uses and she's Christian, but she always uses this quote that keeps her kind of in a moderate position where it's don't let religion get in the way of your relationship with God. Yes. I love that that quote. And, um, and so don't let rules and regulations and organized, religion, even if you call yourself a Christian, that's fine, but don't let what other Christians say or Muslim or whoever, what they say be determined what, how you make your decisions. You really need to be making them from an intuitive space that feels right for you.
1: Well, and saying that you're a Christian really means that you want to be like Christ, Mm -hmm. right? Which is Pisces. Right. And so, and to be like Christ doesn't mean that you're angry toward people who are making different decisions than you or angry toward people who don't believe the same as you or fearful for them or, you know, that's not being like Christ. And so Christ was all loving. He was you know, washing the feet of the poor and doing, you know, all of these, these acts that he, you know, his main teaching was that we are all one and that we are all divine. And so remembering that and not, um, you know, not using, you know, Christianity to put yourself up above other people or put yourself up on a pedestal because, you feel like you're better because you have these beliefs. I mean, the, it, we're, the Christianity is, is, is one religion, one mode of belief, but there's lots of others all over the world. And it's important that, you know, we're respectful of, of other cultures and other, you know, ways of believing because that's all Pisces too. Well, and it's so... all the
2: oneness that, you know, the two fish, the duality. Um, that we even, even if you are a Christian or, or any other religion, like you still possess that same duality we all possess. Right. And I think what happens is, um, when we can fall into those more, uh, self-righteous type beliefs, it's Jupiter, um, there definitely <laughs> is the Jupiter side of Pisces, um, is we are still, there's a part of us that still is not capable of sitting in our own validation. Right. validating our own worth, that we still need that outside approval yep, or validation in some way. So anytime that I find myself excited about something I believe and I want to share it, I pause now. And am I sharing this from a space? You know what I mean? Where am I sharing this from? Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want it to be from that space where I'm seeking an outside. You know, yes, outside perspectives are great sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, but not for everything you say and do in life. No. You have to be able to have some some ability to validate yourself and to validate what you say and what you feel. Yeah. And it really boils
1: down to self love and just knowing that, you know, you're, (coughs) you're here to, to evolve as a spiritual being. And part of that evolution is to love yourself enough to trust that, you know, even if everybody else thinks I'm wrong for this, as long as it's not hurting anybody else, I, and I think I'm right. I'm going with, with what I say. Mm -hmm. And I don't need anybody
0: else to, you know, to tell me I'm right or to tell me I'm wrong or I'm not going to weigh that into my decision. I mean, because as soon as you start getting
1: defensive or anything about your point, you've pretty much shown other people that you don't really trust yourself
2: very much. You're not very confident in what you believe. You know, Pisces is is ultimately um, unconditional love. Yeah. That's how it feels. But what, I, what people need to understand with Pisces placements is unconditional love does not mean unconditional access to the love. Right. And so that's where we kind of, because I love people that I will probably never see again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Love them from afar. Um, I love them from a distance. <laughs> yeah. um, and when I do let people go out of my life, like just as an example, there was a friend, I was really good friends with her, we were actually going to do a podcast together um, and the time came, and and ironically enough, Mars was retrograde in my House of Friendship when it mm. happened. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and I had to cut her off, but I did that in a loving way. Yeah. I didn't. Do you know what I mean? I I I understood that the issues that she that she was having um, were from a place of her unhealed parts and a mm-hmm. place. But I cannot be responsible for that. No. Um. She. You know. Don't. You always think you want a pedestal until you have one.
1: Mm.
2: Um. You know. That's more Leo. Um, but, I, but that's what I would say. I would say you can, you can love people unconditionally, but, and you can cut them off kindly, but sometimes you do have to cut them off.
1: Pisces. Yes. <laughs> yes. Set your boundaries, Pisces. You cannot save the world. You, you have to save yourself in order to save, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about, um, uh, other signs that are compatible with Pisces. Uh, so obviously, um, you know, any other water sign. Um, so Cancer, Scorpio um, are going to to be
2: um, in, you know, good with Pisces or get along well. Well, they're going to trine, right? And a mm-hmm. trine is the nature of Jupiter. So mm-hmm. those types of connections where there's a Pisces to Cancer or Pisces to Scorpio uh, is going to be very transformative emotionally. Um, but a trine brings... Ease and gifts, yeah, you know. So those types of of connections um, are easy connections. You know, you you bond emotionally quite well. Those types of things, um, and then with Capricorn um, and Taurus, and uh, we have Pisces sextile those signs. Which is the nature of Venus. <coughs> so these are mm-hmm. Earth signs with a water sign, um, and so this, to me, especially the nature of Venus, speaks to flowing. You know, through yeah, Earth and water, love each
1: other. Yes. If you think about it. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so that that's also very harmonious. Um, now, Pisces does oppose Virgo. This isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, but honestly, anybody with Virgo placements is is a reflection for you, mm. um, if you're Pisces, because Pisces, where Pisces is like they want to be of service, just like Virgo. Mm-hmm. Um, but where Pisces does it through this, like bending over backward, never asserting themselves, you know what I mean? Virgo goes about it in a more critical um analytical way. Right. So you know, yeah. yeah. So so there's there's definitely an opposition there and it does like I said you could complement each other well with an opposition if you're both self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um John and I have several our mercuries are opposite, our venuses are opposite, our suns are. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. uh, we have many oppositions, but we also have other stuff in the chart I guess that helps that. Mm-hmm. Um but it can bring a nice balance. Um but you both have to be mature and open yeah. to to other perceptions. I mean,
1: Pisces would do well um, if they're struggling to embrace some of the Virgo traits because I mean, um, sometimes Pisces struggle with, you know, a routine and with discipline and with those types of things because they just kind of want to free flow all over the place. Well, you know, their opposite is, is there to really teach them that those things are also important. It is important to have a routine. It's important to have that discipline um, in your life in order to, you know, get better and to evolve more. And so, um, and what even, even like you said, just with a spiritual routine and yep. discipline, it's,
2: you know, th- that's kind of bringing the Virgo into Pisces. Is- and that's the goal of the opposition is that integration. Yeah. You know, um, so absolutely. Um, the challenging ones are going to be Gemini and Sagittarius, mm. uh, because there's a square there. Um, so Gemini is information, right? Collecting information. And Pisces is all about how do I feel? Mm-hmm. And so this is a very, do the facts care about your feelings? Yeah, or should they? You know what I mean right. so it's it's a it's a very challenging um because the Gemini is going to care about the facts, and the Pisces is going to care about the feelings. And so that can be very like a hurricane, uh, yeah, air and very water. very t- very much <laughs> tension there. Um, yeah, hurricane would be a great, <laughs> a great way to put it. Um, and then I guess with the Sag, it would be like, you have all the water, but you're not putting out any fires. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. um, Jupiter also rules Sagittarius, right? Like I said, almost like the hellfire brimstone preacher. Um, so Pisces is more, I want to speak softly with compassion, whereas Sag can be a bit more dogmatic.
1: Mm, I wouldn't know anything about that. So,
2: <laughs> so that would be like, as far as, you know, the compatibility, um, Pisces, you would get along great with Cancer Scorpio placements, Capricorn Taurus placements, um, and even integrating some Virgo, mm-hmm. um, but you're going to have a little bit more trouble with Gemini and Sagittarius.
0: Makes sense.
2: So, Anything else you want to talk about before we close this episode
1: about Pisces? Um, we did have one person um, leave a comment, and I want to let you know that we did see your comment. and. Um, so we are going to be reaching out to you to do a reading for you. Um, so it, be expecting that within the next couple of weeks. Um, and I apologize that it's taken us a little longer. We had a few personal things come up that have have put us a little bit behind on the podcast schedule, um, but we're back on track now. And um, so again, we are doing a giveaway. If you leave a comment um, on the podcast, it really helps us and also liking subscribing and sharing um with people that you
2: think would benefit from this kind of
1: material do you have anything to say in closing
2: um, not really i'm excited to be able to do the readings for people and especially people we don't know where yeah, we don't that's have like fun. a background it's super mm-hmm. challenging and I, and I like a good challenge so absolutely i hope you'll subscribe and enter the drawing and i look forward to that Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us on the grand rising podcast today. And if you are interested in hearing um, other deep dives into the signs,
1: um, next month we will be doing Aries. Um, and so, and we've already done one on Aquarius. So go feel free to check that out as well. So thank you
0: so much and have a great week. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Grand Rising Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you would please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share. This helps us and ensures you stay up to date on the latest conversations. We say Grand Rising because the time has come for us all to stop mourning and start rising.